Welcome to Stories of Recovery, a MAR Recovery Resources production from MAR Addiction Treatment Center. I'm Matt Shedd. At MAR, we have three different residential treatment centers, and two of these work specifically with women. Traditions Recovery Center for Women and Right Side Up Recovery Center for Women and Children. Right Side Up is a state-funded program providing treatment both to mothers as well as their young children as the mothers begin their recovery journey. So, what are some of the specific ways a parent's addiction affects the lives of their children? How do parents who are in recovery start to rebuild the family's home life? These are the questions that the staff members at Mars Right Side Up program address on a daily basis. Elisa Sawyer is a therapeutic child care coordinator at Right Side Up and has been with the organization for 15 years. In this position, she works with both mothers in early recovery and their children. She talks about her experience of how addiction in the home affects children in various ways. She also shares about how structure and consistency are the crucial components for rebuilding family life. And also, just really quick, we wanted to let you know that right now at MAR, we're in the middle of our annual fund campaign. And one of the focuses this year is to provide scholarships to people who need addiction treatment but can't afford it. So if you can help in any way, it'd be greatly appreciated. All you have to do is go to our website at marinc.org. That's M-A-R-R-I-N-C dot O-R-G. And go to the top of the page and click Donate. And you'll find a way to be able to donate through our website. Last year alone, we were able to provide 56 scholarships for people that weren't able to afford treatment. So this is a great way that you can help to make sure people are getting the help that they need. Thanks so much. All right, so here's my conversation with Elisa. To give a sense um, of what the environment or the family life is like when they come in, mm-hmm. so before they've had that structure that you guys provide, what could you give some examples or stories of like w- what the family dynamics are like just generally right. for... I mean, you know, 15 years in, there's tons of them, and I'm yeah, a storyteller right. anyway, so <laughs> yeah. I can tell you tons of them. Um, but some of them that stick out... Um, I remember, like, my first two years here, I had a client. She came in, and she had a little girl and a little boy, an uh, infant girl and a toddler boy. I think he was about four, three or four. He was a preschooler, toddler. And, um, you know, she was really good with them. You know, she was a little overbearing, mm-hmm. but she was very nurturing. Um, and now, looking back, I wasn't quite as educated on some of the concepts at the time, but I realized that her nurturing came from a lot of her trauma because she had been traumatized with other children I didn't know about at the time mm. that she had and lost. Um, she didn't. She felt like she was doing something right with these two, mm-hmm. so she was very protective of that. You know, even in her addiction. Um, even in her addiction. Yeah. Um, and so their dynamics was. Um, they were used to mom being there every day. You know, she was one of the ones that thought, um, I don't, my child doesn't know what goes on with me. My child has no idea. And then I had to explain to her that her four, I think he was four, her four-year-old was playing in the play area. And he said, all right, y'all kids go out, out there. I'm going to go in my room and close my door. When I close my door, y'all don't come in here. And so he acted like he was closing the door. And then when he came out, he was like walking like with his eyes closed. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, what are y'all doing? Clean up. Da-da. And he was like giving all these demands. 
clear depiction of what that looked like in their household. Wow. That, yeah, mom was always there, and you thought they didn't know because you would go in your room, but they know something was going on. When you go behind that door and close it, when you come out, you're different. And he was able to show me what was different. Then mom went in there, wow. and when she came out, she got high. You know, I mean, she looked high. What we would know was high, but he just said, eyes, and she was a little louder, and she was yelling and giving out all these demands. And that's what he knew at four. Wow, and he play-acted it he out. And he play-acted it out. Of what? Of what it looked like in wow. their home. And so when I broke that down to her, that gave her a little bit of awareness, like, oh, wow, you know, they really... Oh, where and they know. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's kind of some of the examples of what goes on in the home. Some of them, they come in and um, they haven't had the children with them. And, you know, it's interesting, particularly because I work with women, obviously. Um, you know, society tells us you're a mom. You had a child. That's it. They're yours. You know everything. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything wrong. You know, um, and it's not the same for men. You know, a man... Can be in no. You could know a man for twenty years and never know he had a kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Whereas a woman, if you find out she had, I never knew you had a kid. Well, what do you do with your kid? Why didn't I know you had a kid? Mm-hmm. Why? Where you know? So it's all the stigma oh, that comes with a it. A lot of shame. A lot of shame and guilt. Yeah. So a lot of times they come in, you know, and I or I train my case managers this way as well. When you're doing their intake story, just kind of listen, but take note of. Everything because that's just the first part of the story. When they, when you start having that, but usually right about the third session, once you kind of got a rapport going, all of a sudden, you know, at intake, the story is because my baby's always been with me. I've always had them. We were always in the house together. I took them everywhere I went. That was their thing. Okay, so that that they're very aware that that's the right answer. Yes, that that's okay, the right answer. I see. I got you. Third session in, maybe you know you'll have them. Well, because that time when um my baby was with my sister for a month, I um got in there move on and then just take note of it, you know, and depending on the this how um stronger how much stronger the client may have gotten, then you'll say, you know, I thought the child had always been with you. Well, she was, but it was like this one month last year when she wasn't with me, and then two years ago she wasn't with me for two years. She was with her father because he took her, he kidnapped her. And the story starts to unfold. So I always tell them it's like an onion. It's always layers peeling back, peeling back. Um, and we're always finding out more and more. So you just kind of have to listen out because a lot of times they don't come in with the full story right away. Mm. Some do, but most don't. You know, so you kind of have to peel back and listen out for the stories. Um, is it that they don't know, like, is it that they don't remember, you think, or that they do remember? And I think it's trying? a combination. Some yeah. of them don't really remember. Um, and that's again sense of shame. If mm-hmm. a father sits down and you say, "What's your child's birthday?" and he doesn't remember, you might hear a little joke yeah. here and there. You don't know where your child's birthday is, yeah. but that's it, right? But for the mother, when they're sitting down, man, they're like, "I'm like, well, I always ask them, you know, what's all your children's full name, date of birth, such and such, such and such, seven, no, June, six, eight, ten, such and mm-hmm. such, like." They don't remember sometimes, you know. Um, so we have a lot of that. We, and they were there with them, but they just really don't remember because of the disease, mm-hmm. you know. So it's really important to find out when they started using, how long they've used it, and what's the drug of choice. So we have to educate ourselves on that, too. How does it look for the kids coming in? I'm sure there's a wide range of how that 
all that right. chaos mm-hmm. affects them psychologically. Like it probably affects them in really different ways. But right. like, what's what? What are some examples of how? I said the biggest thing. I think we talked about this in another time. We, you and I, were talking right. um, that parentified piece, um, where they come in, and that can range from a two year old to a thirteen year old, um, and the way it displays differently is interesting. You know, like right now we have a four. She just turned five on the, um, Wednesday. We have a five-year-old, and when she came in, uh, she has a really good bond with mom. They're really close. Family network, um, family um, dynamics are really close. Um, it, I get the impression that mom, well, I know mom lived with the two kids, the infant and a five-year-old, um, with her family. And so she would leave a lot, you know, to uh, go and be in her addiction. So I know she, the children were in a setting with a mother and father, grandmother, grandfather. Um, and so they had that dynamic. She had that healthy part of the dynamics, but she was so parentified in that, you know, anything, like, when they first came in, anything we needed to get for her sibling, you know, if I, she's always listening. Her head would be in the TV like this. Mm-hmm. And I might say to my coworker, oh, it's time to change the baby. She'd get up and still look at the TV and go over, <laughs> and I'm like, "What is she doing?" And we watch her. She go over to the diaper bag, grab out the diaper, get you the wipes, walk back over, hand it to you, and then sit back down and watch the TV. I mean, all the time. Um, another time where I was playing with the baby, and I was like, "You little stinker! Oh. You little st- don't call my sister that. You don't talk about my sister." Wow. You know, um, very protective. Um, when her mom came in one time, she was a little out of breath because, you know, they got a lot of walking around. Mm-hmm. And she was like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. You need to sit down, Mommy. Mommy, sit down. And just to watch, you know, how she cared for her mother and took over her, um, took over for her. But she did allow her mother to be the mother. So that was one concept of how you knew that household looked and how she was parentified. But then we've had other cho- children come in particularly when they're older, and sometimes even with the younger ones, and uh, you can tell that the home dynamics was what goes on in this house stays in this house. So when you're sitting down just trying to get to know the child, you know, so uh, did you have friends at at your old house? No, I just stay with my mommy at the old house. Or if the mother's in the room, I'm like, you got to look at your mother to answer if you have Mm -hmm. friends. You know, you can tell the setup is I don't say anything unless... You know, mom says something, or um, you can't tell my mother what to do. You don't, you know, they're fussing at us because mm-hmm. they hear us having to talk to their mom about something, but they're used to being mom's protector. Yeah. So a lot of them have come from that um, household of where they're covering for the mom, protecting the mom, um, whether it's from a boyfriend, another family members that are on to that something's going on in the household, so they're trying to find out, and they're used to protecting and keeping that story. Um, you can tell the ones that kind of come from a domestic setting um, because usually those will tend to just, you know, they're sitting there, and then next thing you know, they're like, my mommy's boyfriend yells at her sometimes. That's not nice when he does that. And sometimes if he keep yelling, I know to go to my room because he's gonna he he gonna put um hit her. And I don't like when he hits her. Sometimes he hits me, but he usually just hits her and they start just talking and telling you stories. So it's very it's, it's so many variants right. of what we see that comes in. And then every now and then we have a child that comes in that's very well rounded. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but the thing that's very interesting and really shows you something about the diseases. Every child that comes in, even the most healthy child, the most well-rounded child, 
you can see how the addiction affected them. You know, even if it's something where they can come in and they can tell you, you know, I'm here with my mom because I'm supposed to be with my mom, but I shouldn't have to be here. Um, I had friends and my school was nice and I had this teacher that I liked and, you know, they're able to tell you why there's a change in their life, you know, or even when they just say, I'm okay with being here with my mom, but I can't wait to get back because I have this, this, this mm-hmm. going on. But that's an effect on, on them yeah, because sure. now their life has changed, you know. Um, they they had to um, go down some different paths and different roles just to help their mom do better because the child is supposed to be with a mom. So, yeah. you know, or the child that's visiting that, you know, only gets to visit their mom. And, you know, ideally, you're supposed to live in the household with mm-hmm. your mom. So to have to, you know, see these children that haven't gotten to live with their mom, you know, that's that's hard to see sometimes too. So the dynamics vary. If there's one thing that's going to get you through, one magic thing that's going to help you in parenting and rebuilding your family and having a healthy family is structuring consistency. Mm. That's it, hands down. You know, and I, I use the example because a lot of them, you know, from their peers that don't have the children there to some of them that have their children there, they they get upset initially and they're like, oh, you know, my kid only listen to y'all. They don't act like that in the house or they didn't act like that before they come here. And I tell them, no one here is trying to become your child's mother. We want to love your child, you know, and we want to nurture them. We want to give them everything the same way you want to give it to them. But we recognize your role, and we're not trying to take that. Mm-hmm. But what we are doing and what happens, why you see the sudden change when you come into TCC and your child that won't listen to you five feet away is now sitting here, and I could be in my office and saying, uh-uh, don't get up from that table, and they don't get up, mm-hmm. is because from day one, we set up the structure, we set up the routine, we tell them what it is, and we're consistent with it. Mm-hmm. We don't change it. Yeah. So every day, when you come into, even for the children that aren't in the after-school program, the toddlers and things that aren't in child care yet that come with us in the morning, they know when they come in, they sit at the table first. They sit down. They wait for whoever staff is going to come in, and we may turn the TV on or we'll pull out some blocks. Whatever activity we're doing for that moment, they know that that's what we're going to do. They sit and wait for it. You know, yeah, they're too. So maybe they, while they're sitting, they're not sitting like this. Yeah, right. You know, they're moving in the chair or whatever, right. but they're not changing their whole dynamics. They know the basic right. structure. I sit here. You know, the kids in after school, when I come in from after school, I put my book bag down. You know, kids get excited. Sometimes they want to pull stuff out and show you. That's not the time. Mm-hmm. We come in, we sit down. The first thing I want to hear about is your day. Because that what that teaches you is you're important, you mean something in this world, and what you did today matters to me. Mm-hmm. You know, who you are matters. I want to hear about your day. Let's start with that. Tell me about your day. That's and awesome. so we do it that same way in a, in a regimented, you know, uh, structure format. You know, it's like, tell me, um, initially when I first started, it used to be, the kids would come in and say, I woke up, I got dressed, I went to school with us, my mother was with me at the bus, you know, and they tell you their day. But this is how that drags on. So what we started doing, and we evolve it with different questions, but for the most part, we ask them, what was the best part of your day, the worst part if you had it, the funniest thing you had that day, and what did you learn? Oh, So it's yeah. these things, but... It's, it's that format. So, yeah, they may not say those words every time, but they give us that stuff every single time. And it's a little a, a regimented format that they can take mm-hmm. to, their, to take home with them. And if they if the parent doesn't do it, then they'll do it with the parent. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just starts the, the routine of it, you know. And so that's what I tell them. They know that every day we're going to do the same thing. Every day the consequences are going to be the same if you do something that needs a consequence. 
you know, whatever it is. If you come in, you didn't do your homework, or you come in and you're throwing toys, there's going to be time out, there's going to be a writing assignment, there's going to be toy um, replacement of, um, I mean, removal from having something fun, a privilege or whatever. Whatever it is, there's going to be a consequence. Mm -hmm. And they recognize that in TCC, these people say what they mean, they mean what they say, they love on me, they're fun, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And all these, all the good stuff and the and the stuff that kids might consider bad wrapped in one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's ongoing, so it doesn't take long for them to fall in line. You know, and like I tell them all the time, kids want discipline. No, you're never going to have a kid like, hey, mom, I need some discipline. But then they want, they crave the discipline and the routine, the structure, because what that tells a kid is I'm loved. Mm -hmm. You know, we know it as adults. You can look back and realize like, Wow, that was my parents did that because they loved me. Right. You might not realize it as a kid, but you still crave it yeah, um, right, subconsciously. Right, right. You know what I mean? You need that because I always use the example. I ask them, how many of you in parent class, how many of you can think back to the kid, your friend, that was able to do everything? And when you're growing up, you're like, God, their mom is the best. They let them go to every party, they let them stay out all night, everything. Number one, nine out of ten, their path might not be that great, or they had a lot of some some Curves in their path, number one. And then number two, if you think, if you talk to them as adults, they'll probably say, you know, I didn't feel like anyone loved me. I didn't feel like anyone cared about me. Because no one stepped in to say, hey, that's not safe. Don't do that. Because that's how you find love. That's how you, those are the things you take home wherever mm -hmm. your home is right. as you grow. You know, and that's the type of thing that we try to do from the immediate moment they walk in the door. And when I say immediate, we just had a little girl get here on Today's Friday. She came on Tuesday, I think. And she walked in the office, and Miss Tanya and I were both there. And literally, Mom was bringing her stuff up. They were literally just walking in the door. And we would say, hi, what's your name? And she told us her name. And um, I said, oh, okay, well, nice to meet you. And she said, nice to meet you. And, you know, she went and sat down. Is she? she? Heather is three. Three. She went and sat down, and she immediately, we had a phone, the phone on the desk, and it had all these wires. And she was like, and I said, uh-uh, we don't touch the wires in here. And then she looked, and she said, <laughs> and so I went over, and I said, Mom, we're going to show you the first art of physical redirection. Uh -huh. And we have a teddy bears in the corner. And yeah. I went, and I got the teddy bear. I said, you can play with this, but this is not for you to play with. Yeah. And... Yesterday we were in the office. She was with me because her mom was in class and I was coming up saying something. And I walked and she said, we don't touch that. Two days in. But she learned it from the moment she walked in the door. Wow. But she also has got this connection with me because I'm the first person she saw. Yeah. And to her, yeah, this lady put boundaries in place and yeah. told me no. But she's also fun. She also gave me a teddy bear. We get to sit and watch TV yeah, or we do this. Right. you know. So in her mind... It's begun. Yeah. I feel safe here. Yeah. I feel a sense of people care about me and what right. I do. And that starts it. Right. You know, and so the transition gets smoother. So I tell them all the time, the kids transition usually much quicker than the moms. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, um, but I use, even with the moms, I let them know, you know, my, my theory is, you know, you made choices in your life. Some of them were good. A lot of them weren't. Yeah. You know, one of the key things in recovery is to learn to humble yourself. Yeah. So you have to realize that this six-month period, and I was saying that we were a nine-month program to a 12-month program. In this six-month period, you have to humble yourself enough to say, you know what? I didn't make good decisions for me, so now I'm in a place where these people are going to have to make some decisions for me. And that's going to help guide me so that I can learn to make decisions for myself healthy again. As a mother, as a woman, as a human being. And that's what I try to tell them and carry on with them.
And do, do, would you say, I think you kind of mentioned this earlier, but you would, would you say that generally the parents resist the structure more, more. than the kids? Mm -hmm. I definitely think that. Why is that? Um, well, I, I think it just goes with society's viewpoints on women a lot. That's one of the major things. Because they got dope. They're dealing with double stigmas. The stigma of addiction. Uh -huh. And then the stigma of you're a mom that's yeah. an addict. Yeah. Like, how dare you? You're supposed to... You're, you're a bad yeah, mom. Yeah, you are a bad mom. And that's, you are a horrible mom. Yeah, right. You know, um, so it's always, I know I said it at least, probably at least once a day, every day. I tell them, you know, no one here, this is no judgment zone. Yeah, right. We're not here to judge you. You know, but I'm also a realist. So I'll tell them, you've made some bad decisions as a parent. doesn't make you a bad mom. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? You're, the fact that you're here shows you're not a bad mom. Yeah. Because you recognize I got to work on me. Mm -hmm. In order to help my kids, mm -hmm. you know, so even some of them that come in and they're like, I'm just here for my kids or whatever it may be. If you're here, if you stepped in the door, you're already working towards one. Yeah. To you know, have better. So I try to constantly tell them that. But that's the ones that give us the most resistance for sure. More so than the kids. Why? Why? So it's. You think, or is it because they've been labeled as a bad mom? They yeah. have all that. Stigma oh yeah. So that, they have. So they have all that stigma with them. They have uh -huh. all that. They have all this guilt and shame, and a lot of times you can almost it's it's almost visible. You can see they're speaking to you from a like a, a teleprompter they're reading that's telling them they're a horrible person, yeah. and you're you're just saying, "Hey, you know, we're gonna help you with your parenting here." Right. I don't need no help with my parenting, and it's it's like they're almost reading it, oh. you know, because they already have this format in their mind. So a lot of times I tell them, mm -mm, you're on the um, complain train. I'm not going to get on yeah. there with you. Okay. I'm not going to get on there with you. I want you to get off of it, but I'll let you ride on it. Yeah. I'll walk next to the train, but I'm not getting on. Yeah. So we can work this thing out, but I'm not going to get on here with right. you. You know, because I'm here to help you. You know, that's all I want to do is help you. And, you know, it takes a while to bring, build up that trust and belief, you know, and one of the biggest things is from day one to day 10 to day 90, they see I'm the same person. So it makes it easier to trust or my staff or the same people that we all want the same things for you. Mm -hmm. So I think that that makes it, that's when they start to break down that, um, those guards and open up a little more. But yeah, they definitely usually come in resistant and it's usually because more resistant and it's usually, I think the biggest reason for that is based on the stigma. Um, and then some of them don't want you to, to mother their kids. So they already they already feel like they're a bad mom. Mm -hmm. So if they take your advice, then that's like admitting that, that you're right. That, like everybody's right. They are a bad mm -hmm. mom and they don't deserve to have their kids. Right. Or, so they can't so in their minds, it's like they can't accept any sort of guidance about, you know, not letting your kid touch the wires or even if it's a small right. thing. Yeah. Because if they accept that, then they're admitting all those people that have shamed them are right. Right. Yep. But 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 what you're trying to teach them is those are two different things. There's two different, totally yeah. two different things. Yeah, yeah. Like that's all that baggage that people that's not true. Right. Like, that's the like, stuff they're putting on you. Yeah, right. This is the reality. The reality is we're here to help. Right. You're asking for help and we're here to give right, it to you. Right, 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 right. That's it. This no isn't, judgment or anything. Right. This isn't about who you are as a person. Right. This is just about how you run your household yes. and how you are providing structure for your right. kids. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. And I try to tell them, you know, parenting is one of the hardest jobs in the world and there's no instructions for it. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're blessed that you're here. Mm -hmm. Because you get a, a roadmap. Mm -hmm. You know, we're yeah. here to, to assist you with it. And I tell them from the beginning, I'm here. This is my goal. If you're already doing on the right track of parenting, wonderful. Mm -hmm. You're never too old to learn new tricks. I'm here to implement 
I mean, um, provide you with, you know, greater resources. If you don't know what you're doing at all, then I'm here to teach you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's that simple. I'm, we're going to just only give you positive energy, positive vibes. So if you're, if you're, um, if you're looking to better, better yourself, when are we here together? Mm-hmm. You're like, well, yeah, I do want to be better, you know. So it's um, that's what I try to tell them. I'm not here to shame you. I'm not here to uh, make you feel any worse, any more guilty. I know mm-hmm. the world's beat you up enough. You've beat yourself up enough. That's kind of what I tell them. You know, I, I'm always telling the clients, we're planting seeds, you know. Or sometimes when they get upset, they're like, oh, I can't wait till we go home. Well, I'm hoping that when you go home, you still hear my voice in your head. Yeah, right, I'm right. I'm hoping you go home, you take these things, the fact that, you know what, well, we should have dinner together. We should at least once a week, if not every day. We should, mm-hmm. um, when our child comes in from at the school, process their day with them. We should sit down and even if we have to do the homework, we don't sit at the table like they make us do in TCC. The concept is there. Right. The idea is there. So, and I try to tell them that, you know, yeah, when you get home, we put, I always tell them, we put right side up is the world in the box. Yeah. So we give you real life things, but we're putting in this little safe, secure box for you so that you can at least navigate when you get out in the real world. Right. You know, so, and it's the same thing with the TCC concept. You know, when we have them doing homework time, yeah, you got to sit at the table with your child and do the homework for an hour, period, point blank. Mm-hmm. When you go home on your own, maybe you won't sit at the table with them, but you can be in the kitchen doing dinner and they're sitting at the table and having a dialogue while you're cooking dinner, while you're doing normal right. life things, you know, um, and getting the 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 chicken together, whatever, and saying to them, mm-hmm. uh-uh, your teacher told me you had to do four math problems, so that doing one is yeah. not going to be the answer. Right. You know, come bring me a work, let me see it. You know, yeah. and just living life. And so I try to give them that picture. And, you know, I've had some clients actually say, like, when you say that, Miss Elisa, I picture it like a sitcom. Or, yeah, right. You know, I see myself in that setting, and it makes me feel good, you know. Mm-hmm. So just taking those practices, like you said, taking them home, wherever home is. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever mm-hmm. home becomes for you. Um, taking those things with you in your heart, your mind, your spirit, you know, that energy. Yeah. Passing that on. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for asking me. Thanks for listening to Stories of Recovery, a Mar Recovery Resources production. I'm Matt Shedd. The executive producer for our show is David Tate, and Angela Edmonds is the associate producer. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.